1: Asia-Pacific markets are in the red this morning following an overnight sell-off on Wall Street. The losses are greatest in Sydney, where the ASX 200 is down 1.4%. Tokyo and Seoul are in the red as well. In the US, tech stocks and small caps were the biggest losers. Amazon and Apple both fell more than 4%. Joining me now for a look at what is behind the market numbers is Ryan Huang.
0: How's Thursday looking, Ryan? Hey, it is looking as what if it means looking... I'm trying to say. I'm going to say it's been busy. It's been a busy weekend. every day we've been getting flooded with so many headlines. I am swimming in window tabs right now.
1: Oh, you trying to figure out? All right, I'll I'll give you some time to (laughs) do that, and I'll ramble about how my Thursday is going. Uh, We're going to start this morning in Kuala Lumpur, where a major twist in Malaysian politics is unfolding. Opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim claims that he has enough support in Parliament to lead a new government. Have you got those windows sorted, Ryan? Can you tell us how markets are (laughs) reacting to this news? Okay,
0: I am just about there. And looking at what we had yesterday first, of course, um, we've got the bit of a shake-up with that claim that he has the majority needed to take leadership of the government. So that sent a bit of shockwave of sorts into the Bursa Malaysia stock exchange and what we had overnight was a bit of a reaction down 0.6% all in at the end of the day. And year-to-date, for context, the Bursa-Malaysia Stock Exchange is down by 5.8%. And some of the top losers yesterday were Carlsberg Brewery, uh, Aeon Credit Service, Dutch Lady Milk Industries, and Hong Leong Financial Group. So we've got a couple of big names selling off on the back of that news. And looking at what we have so far, right now we've got Markets in Malaysia down by 4.5 points. And so you are still pretty much looking at a bit of negative sentiment um, continuing. Of course, taking into context, we had a sell-off on Wall Street overnight. Mm. So there is a bit of negative momentum on the wider sentiment as well.
1: Right. Keep in mind, uh, the number is 112. That's the number of seats Anwar needs to form the government. All right. And uh, he needs to demonstrate his parliamentary majority to Malaysia's constitutional monarch as well. But the Sultan Abdullah Sultan Ahmad Shah is currently in hospital, having taken ill on Tuesday. So we're going to keep you updated on the story as it develops, of course. Turning to the U.S. last night's slide as you mentioned, has left markets on the verge of an official correction. That's usually defined as a drop of 10 percent from the peak. The S and P 500 now within just 0.4 percent of that mark. So, Ryan, what is the sense on the street? Are there fundamentals driving the sell-off, or is it just a sense that share prices have become too expensive?
0: No, it depends who you ask, right? Hmm. So, uh, you've got a couple of things. First, uh, looking at the markets, it is now at an eight-week low, and I guess it's not a surprise to some who have been looking at valuations go up and markets rising so much by so fast. And some people are saying it is a bit of a healthy correction. So it has been a long time coming for this, uh, I guess, pullbacks, so to speak. So that is one reason why we are seeing the likes of technology shares selling off. Uh, also alongside technology, you have got financial stocks in play. So that is also seeing pressure from negative headlines such as the um, dubious money transfer news uh, that came out over the weekend. And of course, later this week, you will be getting more commentary from the Fed. And they have been saying, you no, know, we need more fiscal stimulus. Otherwise, the economy is not going to recover. So that mm-hmm. comes from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. And mm-hmm. he will be speaking speaking tonight as well. So that rattles markets to some extent. And you also have a couple of negative headlines around banks being fined. And that is also just... You know, sending jitters and rattling investors, thinking, hey, maybe we should look at something else right now uh, and wait for this to blow over. So that is what the market is looking at right now when you see pretty much all the 11 S&P sectors down overnight and you've got a bit of safe haven buying in the US dollar. Mm-hmm. And the US dollar now is at two-month highs. Conversely, the risk currency or risk proxy currency. The Australian dollar is now at two-month lows. Hmm. So there is a bit of nervousness in the markets right now if you look at all these um, indicators.
1: All right, someone who's... uh not nervous is China's new richest person and no, it's not Jack Ma at least not for now. Recent market fluctuations have knocked Jack Ma the Alibaba founder off the top of the ladder. This according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. Ryan, who is currently in the top spot.
0: It might surprise you but this guy is not from technology. Mm. He sells water Mm. and a lot of water. In fact, uh, (laughs) he corners the Chinese market. I think got market share of over 20%. So he you might know his company Nongfu Spring, they went IPO in the last month and they had a very successful IPO and there's a huge demand for it because they believe there is a strong fundamental story behind bottled water in China. Sure. And he also sells flavoured water and fruit juices as well. So mm-hmm. his net worth is now at $58.7 billion, and that tops Jack Ma's $57 billion, for now at least based on sh- um, share prices. And it is interesting, I guess, if you look at it from an Asian point of view, he is now the second richest person behind India's um, Mukesh Ambani.
1: Yeah that's right still not rich enough to topple mukesh ambani and he's a 17th wealthiest person overall all right i i take that position pretty good position in uh, zong shan shan is his name by the way and his position as China's richest man may be short-lived though because once the Ant Group goes public in Hong Kong next month, Jack Ma's fortune is expected to jump. So Ma's stake in the company may be worth as much as 28 Mm. billion US dollars. We have more information about that IPO this morning. The Ant Group is aiming to raise more than 17 billion US dollars. It won't lock in any cornerstone investors. So help us out with the terminology, Ryan. What is a cornerstone investor and why is it significant that the Ant Group will not be locking in any?
0: Yeah, so Looking at the number, you raised $17.5 This is for Hong Kong. It's going to be dual listed. So you will get another number for the Shanghai exchange. So all in, it could be $35 billion. And -hmm. this will be a major uh, IPO. In fact, it could be the world's biggest IPO. And looking at the cornerstone investors, typically when companies go for a big listing, you have cornerstone investors and these typically are the likes of sovereign wealth funds or big names in the venture cap space or institutional investors. And they are... Usually, one of the early investors who are there to lend some support, put a name on the prospectus to show that there are big names supporting this. It also helps to stabilize the market prices as well to some extent. So they typically go in early, buy a huge chunk and sit there for some time. So they're locked in for some time. So what's significant about this um, and group IPO is they are doing away with mm-hmm. cornerstone investors. So this is unusual in the sense that they feel they are seeing enough appetite, they're confident that the retail investors will lap it all up Mm -hmm. so much so And they're not
1: worried about the volatility.
0: So that that seems to be the case. And maybe they don't want to give a discounted deal to cornerstone investors and they think, Mm. hey, I can just pick up everything on the market Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just let things ride out and enjoy the upside. So that, that seems to be the sense. case for I, and group IPO.
1: Yep. In corporate news, we have a new segment I will call the Billion Dollar Club. There are two companies that are going to be featured in this club this morning, but I'm sure they'd rather not be. The companies are JP Morgan Chase and Westpac Banking. Both companies are reportedly set to pay billion dollar fines. Okay, let's start with Westpac. Ryan, what did it do wrong and how big a fine is Westpac going to have to pay?
0: Alright, the billion dollar naughty club. (laughs) So Westpac has to pay 1.3 billion Australian dollars. And this is a record fine down under. And we are talking about this um, money laundering investigation. Mm. And this involves Westpac making 23 Million financial law breaches, so it is even more than what Westpac had expected. They last year set aside nine hundred million dollars pay for this fine, but regulators feel you know, that wasn't enough, and they were they obviously raised it to one point three billion. And the investigations uncovered that they had allowed transactions and transfers that funded terrorism and human trafficking for years. So right now, if I look at the Westpac share price. Uh, The last I saw it, it was down by 2%. And that is another another piece of negative news for markets to digest on the financial sector front.
1: Yeah, Westpac shares down 34% this year. All right, over now to JP Morgan Chase. According to a Bloomberg report, it's poised to pay a billion dollar penalty for spoofing. All right, so help us with the terminology again. What is spoofing?
0: Okay, spoofing is when you flood the markets with fake orders. Well, fake in the sense that you put it all there, mm-hmm. flooding it with orders to buy or sell and then cancel it later. But all that with the intention of trying to trick or influence other traders to think, hey, there is a lot of movement or momentum about to hit in that direction. Let me jump on this bandwagon. But then they cancel it all at the last minute and they just uh, take profit from such a move. So that is illegal and it was made illegal after the 2008 financial crisis and this is something that regulators in the US have been trying to clamp down for some time mm. and J.P. Morgan Chase has to pay the price now. $1 billion to settle though. It is not a fine. Mm. Uh, they are doing it out of court so typically it's very tough to prove someone uh, has done this because it involves a lot of evidence uh, required to, to uh, well, pretty much make them guilty or pr- be proven guilty and now you have JPMorgan Chase deciding, hey, let's settle this out of court for $1 billion.
1: That wraps up our look at the billion-dollar club today. The Straits Times Index rallied yesterday, closing up nearly three-quarters of a percent to 24.81. Is the STI adding to those gains this morning, or is it following Wall Street lower?
0: Yeah, it is interesting because yesterday, most markets in Asia were down, but STI bucked the trend to snap a three day losing streak up 0.7%. And out of the gates, we have the STI tracking the rest of Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are down by 0.5% at 2,468 points. Uh, I think people will be interested to look at what's happening with the banks. And if we take a look at how banks have been doing in the past week, they've been under pressure on the back of the news, the headlines, negative headlines that they were involved in dubious money transfers. And banks continuing to slide this morning. And we are looking at UOB and OCBC leading losses. It's down by 0.8%. That is pretty much the look of what's going on right now. A lot of Nervousness around the tech sell off and the financial sector sell off, mm-hmm. and people hoping to see a bit of fiscal stimulus good news on the U.S. side.
1: All right, that's Market View this morning. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg